Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church of Imperial Valley. We would love to help you plan your visit, so we encourage you to visit our website at www.cccciv.org for service times and our events calendar. Or get the app. You'll find the Christ Community Church IV mobile app in your app store for Apple or Android devices. It's going to happen. These things are unfolding before our eyes. And it should cause us, again, our hearts to skip a beat and to be ready. So Paul says, he begins with this. He says, you need to know the seasons in which you're living. And it should cause you to change the way you live. Are you with me? Next thing I want you to look at is I want you to look at the judgment will come suddenly. Paul says here, for you yourselves are fully aware. You should know the seasons, brothers. I shouldn't have to write to you about this. You should be fully aware what's going to happen. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. A thief in the night comes unexpectedly. You understand that, right? But this phrase, the day of the Lord, this is something that the Hebrew listener would have been acquainted with. Where maybe the rapture was a new concept for them. Maybe it was a little bit confusing. Though you can see throughout the scriptures, you can read about the rapture. You can read about it in, Psalm, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. They're not going to be on the board. Psalm chapter 12. You can read about the rapture of the church right there in the first two verses. How the righteous disappear. You can read about the same thing in Isaiah chapter 57 and Micah chapter 7. You can read about the church being drawn out of many waters and rescued in Psalm chapter 18. You can read about these things that the righteous disappear. They avad in, in the Hebrew. They vanish before the eyes. That's Micah. Again, Micah chapter 7. You can read about how God is going to call his bride into the bridal chamber to dwell safely and to rest while his fury passes by. You can read about that in Isaiah chapter 26. So the rapture is there. It's evident throughout the Hebrew Old Testament scriptures. But the people weren't as acquainted with that as they were with the day of the Lord. We believe the day of the Lord to be that day or that time frame from the rapture of the church to the return of Christ. And some people even believe into the millennial reign of Jesus, the day of the Lord. Listen to what the scripture says about the day of the Lord. In Amos chapter 5, woe to you who desire the day of the Lord. Why would you have the day of the Lord? Why are you wanting the day of the Lord? It is darkness and not light. As if a man fled from a lion and a bear met him, or he went into a house and he leaned his hand against the wall and a serpent were to bite him. Is not the day of the Lord darkness and not light and gloom and no brightness in it? This is not a day for you to be waiting for. You want to escape the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is the day that God finally, truly pours out his wrath, his judgment on an unbelieving world. And my heart as your pastor is for everyone in this room to not have to see the day of the Lord. For your heart to be ready and to escape that day. Listen to what it says in Joel chapter 2. It says, blow a trumpet in Zion, sound an alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is near, a day of darkness and of gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness. If you want to read more about the day of the Lord, I want to ask you to write these verses down. Read Zephaniah chapter 1 verses 14 through 18. And read about a prophetic word that Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 3 verses 10 through 12 about the day of the Lord. About how terrible it is. About how everything that you see will be dissolved in an instant before your eyes burned with a fervent heat. See, God has promised to never again judge the world by flood 
That's what the sign of a rainbow was, right? That his anger, his fury will be pointed away, that that won't happen in the form of a flood. Although yesterday it felt like maybe, right, maybe, maybe he was going to do it. You could see how 40 days and 40 nights of that could easily flood the world, right? That was crazy. But God will judge the world again. It's just not going to be through water. It will be through fire. Fire. So the day of the Lord, right? He says the day of the Lord, this day that we know about as the Hebrew people, it's going to come like a thief in the night. And for the Jewish listener, there are two things that they would associate this with, the thief in the night. You see, in the old city of Jerusalem, there at the temple, the night guardsmen would stand watch, and they would have these outer garments, these cloaks on themselves. And the high priest would make his rounds in the middle of the night to make sure that all of the guardsmen were awake and alert. And if he found a guard that had fallen asleep on the job, he would go back to the altar and he'd take a coal from the altar. And he'd come and he'd place the coal from the altar on their outer garment, on their robe while they were asleep. And eventually, you know what would happen to their robe? It would start smoking. And if it took a little while for them to wake up, it would catch fire. And by that time, you understand that the guard's going to be awake, don't you? Right? And so here, Paul is saying, don't let it come upon you like a thief in the night. In that moment, what the high priest was doing is he was playing the part of a thief in the night, making sure that the guardsmen were awake in case a thief came in in the middle of the night. Don't let the day come upon you like a thief in the night. Let me read to you out of Luke chapter 12. You don't have to turn there. But Jesus says this. He says, Stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning. Just like those night guardsmen should be when the high priest came through. Make sure that you're dressed for action. You have your outer garment on and that your lamp is burning, that your lamp has oil. He says this, and be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast so that when they may open the door to their master at the moment he knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at the table and he will come and serve them. Are you dressed for action? Are you ready for the high priest to come through and to make his rounds? Or when he comes through, would he find you sleeping? Would you be asleep at the job? Would you be asleep at your post? Would you be lulled to sleep by the ways of the world? And would your outer garment catch fire? And would you have to strip yourself of that outer garment to your shame? And everyone would know that you were the one that had fallen asleep on the job and you were not ready for the thief to come. The Jewish mind would understand this. Second way that this phraseology was used was in the form of a groom coming for his bride. See, once a wedding understanding was met between the father and the groom... Of the father of the bride and the groom, the groom would give the bride a gift. It was called a matan, and it was a, a ring to seal the fact that this woman was now spoken for. The scripture says that the seal that Jesus gave to us, the bride of Christ, was his spirit. You can find that in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 and also Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30. That we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. He gave us a matan. He gave us a gift which was a guarantee that he would come back for us and that we are spoken for. So once that matan was given, once that deal was struck, the groom would go back to his father's house and he would begin to construct a room on his father's house that he could bring his bride back to one day. This is why in John chapter 14, Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. Does this sound familiar? He's saying, I want to bring you back 
to the place that I prepared for you so that we can be together. I've given you my spirit as a guarantee, as a gift, that I will come back and I'll take you to the room that I prepared for you. The interesting thing about this room is the father of the groom would tell the groom when the room was fit to bring the bride back to. So no one knew the day or the hour that the wedding would actually take place, the father would go in and he would make an inspection of the room and he'd say to the groom, this is fit for you to bring your bride to. You can now go receive your bride. And a huge procession would take place. And a parade going to snatch the bride from her mother's home and to bring the bride back to the bridal chamber. But no one knew the day or the hour. Only the father would know when the room was fit. This is why Jesus says no one knows the day or the hour. Okay, are you following me? Okay, so they would understand this. Hey, this is like the high priest putting the coal on the robe. This is like the groom coming to snatch the bride, and they have to be ready at all times. They have to be prepared because the day of the Lord comes like a thief in the night. And if you get caught sleeping, in either case, you'll get passed over. Are you following? So listen again, for you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. It's going to come like that thief in the night. You need to be prepared. Now let me read to you out of Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. It's a great end times passage if you guys want to be prepared for that. But speaking of a groom and a bride, this is what it says in verse 40. It says this. It says, then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and one will be left. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. Okay, the word taken in that text, that one is taken and the other left, they're out there working the field, they're grinding at the mill, they're working, carrying on with their business, carrying on with life. One is taken. The first, that word taken is paralambano in the Greek. It means to take as a bride. One will be taken as a bride, but the other will be left. That word left is a fiamai in the Greek, and it means to divorce or to separate from. So one will be taken as a bride, the other will be left behind, separated, divorced. Two people. Depending on how you're living. Why? You need to stay awake. He says that. Stay awake for you do not know the day your Lord is coming. Are you ready? Are you at your post? Are you guarding well? Are, are you a bride that is ready for her groom? Because he is coming soon whether you are ready or not. Amen? So we see here the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. And he says this. While they're saying peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them. We believe as the end becomes closer and closer, there is going to be worldwide conflict. Jesus said this. He said, again, you're going to hear in the last days before the coming of the Son of Man, you're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars and nation rising against nation. But don't get too concerned because the end is not yet, but these things must take place. All right, do you remember this? This is Matthew chapter 24. It's going to happen. On the world scene, there will come one man, a man who will arise, who will separate himself from the rest of men. And he'll come forward with so many answers and so many solutions that will bring what seems like peace to the world, that people will decide to follow him. This man is the Antichrist. And when they say peace and safety, when they think it's finally settled, the dust is finally settled, finally we're at a time of peace, then what Paul is saying, at that moment, sudden destruction will come upon them like labor pains upon a pregnant woman and they will not be able to escape. 
Again, watch what's happening in the world today. Have you seen the rumors that are happening in Israel with the Abrahamic Accords? Have you heard about the idea that the current prime minister in Israel, that he's open to a two-state solution, which would divide Israel or divide Jerusalem, and with the prospect, the hopes that maybe it will bring peace and they can finally build their long-awaited temple. These things are in discussion right now. Jesus said it was going to happen. Paul said it was going to happen. When they say peace and security at that moment, sudden destruction will come. You remember there was a man named Noah who preached righteousness, who tried to get people to turn from their sin. He said, you've got to be prepared because God is going to judge the world in a delusion. This world will be flooded. And people laughed in his face until it started to rain. And it didn't stop raining for 40 days and 40 nights. And what did Jesus say in Matthew chapter 24? He says, look, that day and hour no one knows, but I can tell you this. He says, just like it was in the days of Noah when people were eating and drinking and partying and planning weddings and planning vacations and planning retirements, right? When life was just carrying on as normal, they didn't have a clue that this was coming. But then all of a sudden, as it was in the days of Noah, when all of that was happening, eating and drinking and giving a marriage, then suddenly it started to rain and judgment came. And by the time it starts to rain, it's too late to come into the ark. Jesus is the ark. The door is open for you today. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus said, I am the door, and if you will come in by me, you can come in and out, and you can find peace and pasture. He's the door into the ark. He is the door into salvation. And if you want to know that you are safe and secure in the eyes of God, you have to come to the Lamb of God. You have to come through the door. Amen. You can clap for that. When they say peace and security, then sudden destruction comes upon them. Now this is food for thought. Again, Jesus says, as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be at the coming of the Son of Man. You realize the Bible gives us the exact day that the flood began in Genesis chapter 7. Let me read this to you. It says in Genesis chapter 7, in the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the 17th day of the month, on that day, all of the fountains of the great deep burst forth, and the windows of heavens were opened, and rain fell upon the earth for 40 days and for 40 nights. It tells us in the second month, on the 17th day of the month of the Jewish calendar. The Jewish calendar, that's the 17th of Cheshvan, which happens to be November 11th. Again, am I telling you that God is going to judge the world on November 11th? No. Lord willing, he has more grace yet to give. That's my daughter's birthday even, right? I want to celebrate with my daughter. I don't want to hope for the judgment of the world. But this scripture actually also says this in Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 9. What has been is what will be, and what has been done is what will be done. There's nothing new under the sun. So I'm not saying that God is going to judge the world on November 11th, but I'm saying that he could judge the world on November 11th. And I'm saying that if God has done it before like this, he could do it like this again. And what I'm saying is that during those days, people shook their heads and they laughed in Noah's face, but he was safe on the ark and everyone else perished. And what I'm saying is that it's not too late for you to get on the ark yourself because the invitation for salvation is still open. 
The door is still wide open, and you can come into the ark and be safe yourself as well. So if the rains do come, or if the flood does come, or judgment does come, whether it's November 11th or tomorrow morning, that you can be ready. Right? So this sudden destruction comes upon them like labor pains upon a pregnant woman. I thought that when Caleb was born, our first, I thought I was ready. We had the nursery already. We had his crib put together. We had the changing table there. We had all of his clothes folded really neatly in, in their place. And we had all the diapers right where they were supposed to be. And then during a nap one Sunday afternoon, my wife comes in and says, my water just broke and everything changed. Where I thought I had been ready, I, that was the most fearful I had ever been in my life, right? I was not prepared. As labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, Jesus said that these signs, that these wars and rumors, actually I want to read this to you. You don't have to turn there, let, just let me read it to you out of Matthew chapter 24. He says this. See that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. You'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. Do we hear of that today? We do. See that you're not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation. And that word is ethnos in the Greek. It means people group against people group will rise against each other. But look at this. It says, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines. Do we see this today? We do. There will be earthquakes. Are those happening today? In many versions, I think it's in Luke's version, it actually says, and there will be pestilences, which is sicknesses and disease. Do we see that today? Absolutely. In various places. All of these things are the beginning of what? The birth pangs. That you'll know when this is approaching, because the woman will begin to feel pain, the contractions will begin, and the interesting thing about the contractions is this, is that the closer the baby comes to being birthed, the more intense the contractions become. I'm told, I don't know for certain, right? I'm told, this is what I'm told, right? The contraction becomes more severe. The contractions last for a longer amount of time, and the time between contractions gets shorter and shorter and shorter as the birth of the baby approaches. You understand this, right? And so just like that happens, when we look at the world, if the approach, if the birth pangs are happening, the signs that we see should be becoming more and more severe. Are they becoming more severe? They are. They should be lasting a longer amount of time. Are they? Yes. And the time between each sign should be shorter and shorter and shorter. And doesn't it just seem like every day you're seeing one sign after another coming to pass? This is being fulfilled in us today. So Paul says, listen, like birth pangs upon a woman. It's going to come upon. It's going to come so suddenly, so intense. And it's going to become more frequent. And the duration is going to last longer. And they will not escape. By the time the labor pains begin, it's already too late, Paul says. I don't know if you've ever been in a room when a woman gets birth. But there comes a point in time where there's a, it's a point of no return. All you can do at a certain point in time is you just have to push because the baby is going to be born. There's no other option. And this is what the scripture says it's going to be like. There comes a point in time where wrath is unavoidable. The wrath is coming. It's going to be birthed. The question is not if it comes. The question is when is it going to come? Are you ready for that birth? See, Jesus says this, and he wants you to know this today. That if he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him, 
It doesn't matter what you try to produce in the flesh or what you try to dream up in your imagination. There is no other way to get to heaven but through him. No matter how hard you try, no matter how hard you work, no matter how hard you sweat, nothing can get you to the kingdom of heaven except coming through him. You have to be ready because the birth is coming. Now, I want you to see this. He says to the people here listening, he says, listen, this day, though, read it with me. He says, he says in verse 4, but you are not in darkness, brothers, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You should understand these things are happening. For you are all children of the day, or children of the light, children of the day. For we are not of the night, nor of the darkness. You shouldn't be asleep. You shouldn't have fallen asleep. You should be prepared for this. You remember the story of the ten virgins in Matthew chapter 25. And there were five wise virgins or bridesmaids who had oil in their vessels and there were five foolish that had no oil in their vessels. The oil speaks of the Holy Spirit. And again, the groom was coming to snatch the bride and a shout goes throughout the city. The bridegroom is coming. Prepare for the bridegroom. He's coming. And in that moment, they all awakened. They all fell asleep. They all awakened, and the five foolish said to the five wise, please lend us some of your oil. And they said, no, you need to go buy for yourselves because we can't spare any of our oil lest we run out of oil ourselves. Do you remember what happens? When they go and they go to buy oil in that moment, the bridegroom comes and he takes the five bridesmaids who were prepared, who had oil in their vessels, who, who were there, who were shining brightly. He takes them to the wedding feast, to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And those five foolish, they came, and they're pounding on the door. Let us in. We want in. We want to celebrate. And from behind the door, there's a voice that cries out. And the voice says this, truly I say to you, I do not know you. We have no relationship. You had no oil in your vessel. Your lamp was not burning. I have no idea who you are. And then the voice says this, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Stay awake. Stay alert. Do you see that there? Look at what it says in verse 6. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober. Let us stay awake. Let us not be lulled to sleep by the ways of the world. We need to be prepared, and we need to be ready. Now, I want you to understand this. Because there, again, there are two kinds of people in the room here this morning. Raise your hand if you're ready to go to heaven. Raise your hand if you're ready to go to heaven. All right. Put your hands down. Raise your hand if you're ready to meet the Lord face to face. You understand there's a difference in those questions, don't you? Put your hands down. Our answers should be the same. If we're ready to go to heaven, we should be ready to meet the Lord face to face. Everyone in the room wants to go to heaven. Not everyone in the room is ready to meet the Lord face to face. Why? Because you came here this morning with baggage. And you came here this morning with sin. And you're still dwelling in the darkness. Even though you've been called out of the darkness and into the marvelous light, you're still playing footsie with sin. And you're still flirting in those shadows of your life. And you're still doing those things when you think no one else is watching but God sees. And you are not ready to meet the Lord face to face. It's a terrifying place to be. I want to make sure that you are ready to meet the Lord face to face. The only way that happens is that you stay awake. That you're sober. That you're in your right mind. 
that you have your mind set on the right things. Now read on with me. For the sake of time, it says, but since we belong to the day, this is verse 8, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, that breastplate would protect all of the vital organs, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. Hope is so important for you in this room this morning. If you have no hope, you're going to be attacked by the enemy. That helmet of hope should guard your mind from the onslaught and the false lies of the enemy. Are you being protected by the helmet of salvation, the helmet of the hope of salvation this morning? Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. Christ Community Church has campuses in El Centro, Calexico, and Brawley with services in English and in Spanish. Your kids are going to love our kids' church. Plus, we have a lively youth ministry and young adults group. You're welcome to call the church office at 760-337-9400 with your questions. Or leave us a message on the Christ Community Church IV mobile app, the cccivy.org website, or direct message us on social media. We are really looking forward to meeting you. So again, the website is www.cccivy.org or call 760-337-9400 so we can plan your visit.